0: Life Radio. <laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello! You're listening to Animal Party Pet Life Radio. And this is the second show in a series about. Corona, COVID-19, and Pets and People, with Dr. Stan Corin as our guest. He's a best-selling author and professor of psychology, and he understands dogs and people very, very well. And he's going to help me understand the long-term effects. But before we say hello to Dr. Corin, I just wanted to remind you that even though dogs can catch it from us and cats can catch it from us, they cannot spread it to us. And they don't spread it to each other. There's been some alarming warnings about wash your dog, don't let people pet it, the virus could live on it. But there's no evidence of that. So it's probably wise to keep distance from people that you don't know that aren't in your household. And it's probably wise to have your dog on a leash at this time. But that is being over, over overprotective because as of yet, that is The evidence is that they are not spreading it and it is not a problem. So there have been no reports of pets or livestock becoming ill with COVID-19 in the United States. At this point in time, there is also no evidence that domestic animals, including pets and livestock, can spread COVID-19. And that's from the American Veterinary College posted last night from the day before. For the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Canada, they are telling you if you're sick with COVID-19, you should wear a mask or avoid touching your pet wash your hands often. And they're also recommending social distancing from people you don't know with your pet, but only to be overly cautious. So let's not panic about this. The only animals who've gotten it, got it from humans, a tiger at a zoo, some other cats at a zoo, a couple of dogs, a couple of cats, and they tested so many samples from all over the world. Hotspot areas could not find it. So we don't have to worry so much about the dogs and the cats. We can love them and cuddle them and enjoy them. And thank goodness, because it's one of the only things we can do. Okay, so welcome to the show, Dr. Corin. I'm happy to have you again.
1: Hi there, Deb.
0: It's nice to have you here. When we last talked, we were speaking about people who might have trouble with respecting the social distancing and washing recommendations. And in particular, when I drive down our downtown east side and I see crowds and crowds of people, homeless people, all along the street in close proximity to each other, sometimes 50 or 100 all in a row, and I think about it and I think, what if one of them gets sick? What's going to happen? Is that going to be a big problem for our society now?
1: Well, the social distancing regulations and, and recommendations are, are beginning to have some effects, which I think are probably going to last for a while. I mean, I come from a family who touch. I mean, you know, you walk into the house and, you know, everybody hugs. I mean, your sex doesn't make any difference in that sort of thing. And so, you know, I'm used to the fact that when family arrives at the door or close friends, you know, you give them a hug. But now, you know, my brother arrived yesterday and uh, brought me a he had done a grocery run for me and he and his his tiny wife you know came into the door and my usual response is to hug him over there and and as I approached, you know, I was beginning to feel a bit wonky and he sort of held up his hands and said, wait until I take off my jacket and hang it outside and wash my hands and then you can hug me. <laughs> you know? it's, so so things are changing. Hey. And, but, and
0: But yeah, but you still hugged him. So that's good. A lot of us are going without completely. There are people who live alone who aren't talking to anyone, seeing anyone, touching anyone at all. I mean... I can't yep. imagine if you can have pets. I mean, I have a daughter at home and loads of animals, so I'm all right. But I can't imagine being completely single. Do you think it's well, making single people want to rethink that?
1: Well, I, th- I think you ought to know the numbers over here. It turns out that in North America, about 28% of all households are single person households. I mean, so that's more than a quarter of all people are living by themselves and it is more so the case as you get older so it's you know it's the elderly who tend to be living by themselves and this just makes it considerably worse because you know the way that psychologists tend to deal with the mental problems uh, being alone, which are very typically uh, depression, which is especially the case when you get older, is we set up some situations in which an individual can get to interact with other people. And that's one of the reasons why we use pets. So, you know, if you have an elderly person living by themselves, you know, you give them a pet as a companion. And then they get to walk the pet through the neighborhood or down to the dog park or whatever else. Right. And in the process, they talk to other people mm-hmm. and that breaks the cycle. And so, mm-hmm the terrible thing here is that that outlet that's i'm going to call it a therapeutic outlet is cut off for a lot of people and so that's a problem and there are ways that we can you know try to get around that you know i recently was contacted by a gal who's who's in her 80s and I said, "How is you know is she holding up on this sort of thing?" And she said, "Well, she said she's contacted some of her friends over the internet, and they've decided that they're going to be creating some doggy apparel. So they're, they're, <laughs> nice. they're so they're making you know doggy scarves with little snaps on them. So they put you uh, know and little doggy uh, sweaters. And so you know they've basically then turned their pet into a, uh, mm, a motivation for occupational therapy, right? which works fine. I mean, Freud always said that to be normal and happy, people need two things. They need love and work and not necessarily in that order. And oh, so, interesting. If you, so if you find something to do, and in, in this case, the focus was on their pets, then in fact, in effect, you are making yourself well.
0: Okay. So we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, I want to ask you if we're going to change things forever. Like, for example, do you think we're going to start providing homes for the homeless so we don't have these possible sources of spread? Do you think we'll start to not expect 24-7 service everywhere because we've now been cut back to the old hours and we survived? We're going to come back and talk about this. What kind of long-term changes can we expect All right, stay tuned with Dr. Corin and me, Deb Wolf, on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. I have the perfect gift for Mother's Day. You know, I can't visit my mother-in-law as much as I'd like to, and that's why I love the Skylight Frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to, and they appear in seconds, so my mother-in-law can see the pictures right away. I have a great savings for you. Just go to skylightframe.com slash pet and you'll save $10. That's right. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash pet, P-E-T, and you'll save $10. And get ready to receive sheer happiness thank yous from your recipient because they will love this.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, and I've already noticed some things, like right away in the first two weeks, I noticed far less fake eyelashes. I know it's just a little thing, but it was like everywhere I looked there were these women with these giant cartoon-like eyelashes, and now those are all gone because no one's allowed to upkeep them. Okay, that's one thing out the window. The fake nails also disappearing, I notice People are having to go natural. People are going to be growing their hair, I would think, because they can't get it cut. These are changes that will probably undo themselves, I expect. When the salons open again, people will go back to their beauty treatments, I guess. But maybe not. Maybe natural will be embraced again. I don't know. And what about the fact that I can't go to the bank whenever I want, that the hours are reduced or the grocery store isn't 24 seven and I'm surviving. I don't actually need them open at midnight. So will that stay Dr. Korn? Are we going to flip all the way back to the way it used to be where everybody had to work at the office or are we going to be more sensible, have less traffic and commuting and more at home work and that kind of thing? What do you think?
1: Well, I think it can go either way. I mean, either it can can go to the point where the uh, facilities and services that uh, we, we've come to enjoy will go back to sort of minimal kind of hours or it might sort of, you know, snap back to what it was before because people now say, well, you know, that's over and we want all the convenience back. But there's also a, another aspect and that is that people are, beginning to discover home delivery and if that takes off then it's going to be the case that people are not going to need these facilities opened you know all of the time because you know you can go on to amazon groceries or whatever Mm -hmm. else and order that raspberry jam which you otherwise would be running down to go get at 8 p.m at night so it can go either way my sense of it is is that if the business climate is good enough so that these things will reopen again, uh, that we're going to drift back to what we we had before. And look at it this way. People are going to start to go back to work rather than working at home for the simple reason that at work you have social interactions. And that's very rewarding. Okay? Yeah, you know,
0: that's you know, true. And the boss can watch you, right? The boss can monitor productivity. That's the other thing about it.
1: Yeah, but the other thing is also you can hang around the water cooler and gather all of the latest gossip, which is, you know, from a lot of people, hey, that's fun.
0: (laughs) What about how we structure our cities? Like, it's been all this, you know most of the last 10, 20 years in Vancouver, anyway, urban density. Let's put people all together. No more single homes. Let's do condos and row houses and townhouses. And Okay. Now people are scared to get in the elevator and probably this won't be the only pandemic. I don't think people are thinking this is a one-off. So is there going to be a movement away from crowded living?
1: I don't think so. I think the population is increasing, and that sort of thing. Look, I lived for five years in downtown Manhattan, Uh, so you know you can't escape the density there. And the problem is with a city like Vancouver, for example, it's basically landlocked at this point. So you know, downtown Vancouver has no place to go except you know, build taller buildings and uh, that's right, and increase the density. I don't think that that is going to change. There's always been that sort of pressure, and I think that that pressure is going to to increase. I mean, it turns out that 68% of our population in North America lives in, in urban centers, and the people who do these kinds of extrapolations are predicting that that's going to increase by perhaps another 10% over the next 20 years now will this stop it i'm not so sure because you know certainly the individuals who don't have the money to purchase you know single dwellings or even condominiums or that sort of thing are not suddenly going to have the money to go shelter in some really nice low density place and you know one of the things which might ultimately happen is that there'll be more of a sense of community occurring in some of the denser dwellings. I mean, right now, it turns out to be the case, and you're not going to believe this number, but it, but it really is true, that, that 52% of people who live in high-rise apartment buildings don't know the names of more than one person who lives on their floor.
0: God, that's terrible.
1: So now with this particular thing happening, with everybody sheltering at home, there is the possibility that we'll get to know the names and something about you the You know
0: people. what, though? I kind of understand it. If I had neighbors that were right next to me, I maybe wouldn't want to talk to them or start something because I want some, like you say, privacy, like you said, create your own separation, your own private space. And if you're always chit chatting with them, then you can't stop it randomly. You can't have a private day. So I could see how that would work, but maybe the seven o'clock music celebrations on the balconies will do something toward this. Do you think?
1: Well, I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing which builds community. And Mm
0: -hmm. it's so (laughs) wonderful to see at seven o'clock, The people come out on their balconies and in the streets, and they're all in their own separate household units, but they all make noise. They blow horns and trumpets and sing songs and play music on the radio, and it's just so nice. It's so nice.
1: Well, I'll give you a doggy example as to how this thing works. There's an apartment building here in downtown Vancouver, and one of my colleagues from the university works there, and she's got uh, two little Pomeranians. She lives on an upper floor, and she really doesn't want to go up and down in the in the elevator and and you know she was getting quite worried. Anyway, it turns out that two other neighbors there have uh, small dogs. One of them has a a Cairn terrier and the the other one has a beagle. And they simply decided to ha- let their dogs have a play date in the corridor. And so they made,
0: her around. <laughs>
1: well, Well, they made, you know, each of them made coffee or tea or whatever else. And they stood in their doorways. They were maintaining social distancing for the humans. And they let these four dogs go running around over there. And they tossed a tennis ball and that sort of thing. And she said it was marvelous. And so, you know, under those circumstances, and, and this never would have happened if they weren't all sort of stuck at home. They got to know their neighbors a little bit better. They got to know their neighbors because of the fact that they had the dogs. And so the dogs served as focus.
0: We're going to go to one more break. And when we come back, we'll finish the show by talking about more long-term effects. But I just wanted to say here that even though people have been saying that the virus survives, could potentially, in theory, survive on a pet, and that you should be wiping down your pets with antiseptic wipes if strangers have touched them, even though that is the current advice the advice from the CDC and the American Veterinary College, the facts that they're putting out state that there is no evidence that viruses, including the virus that causes COVID-19 can spread to people from the skin, fur or hair of pets. So it's probably a good idea not to go around strangers with your pets and not to encourage cuddling. And if someone does touch your pet, wipe it down. But really, nobody's got sick this way. No pet has ever done this. Never transferred the disease. So it is a bit overkill. So these people playing and letting their dogs play in the hallway is not a high risk behavior. It's it's completely okay. So I just wanted to say that. And yeah, in the United States, there's been no reports of pets or livestock becoming ill with COVID-19. So let's just keep that in mind. All right, we're gonna go to break, and we're gonna come back. And I'm going to find out, are people going to be nicer? Are singles going to start dating like crazy because they want a partner in their life? What are the long-term effects of this? Stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio.
1: When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. I hear your advertisement on the radio. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and the Licko Chops within a four-week total. Instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed dynamite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog... You have to do the right thing. You've got to feed them right for life. Do the DynaVite. DynaVite for life. You won't
0: believe how
1: happy your dog will be.
0: 859 428 1000. D I N O oh. V I T E.com.
1: Let's talk pets.
0: Let's talk pets. On Pet
1: Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet, life Radio. Pet life Radio. Dot com. <laughs>
0: Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Lately, I have had people look at me and say, virtual hug, and then do the symbol for a hug. And I, you know, have a lot of um, customers who are culturally Asian, and so they've always been not so eager to shake the hand, more eager to do a discreet little bow. And I'm wondering, Dr. Korn, maybe, maybe the handshake is dead. Is the handshake dead from now on?
1: I hope not. (laughs) I think that once we get over this, we're going to go back to whatever level of touching our particular culture allows. I mean, we can only use the past as a, as a guide. So, you know, there was in effect, social distancing during the smallpox flare up during the uh, Spanish flu and so forth. So, And things eventually came back so you know my feeling is is that it will probably come back although that you know some of these more distant indications of of affection you know might hang around because we got used to them during this time I mean it's like what I have to put up with in terms of my true love Halle Berry about the best I can ever hope for is (laughs) a virtual hug but I think that that one has to think in a minimalist way. I mean, I think that there is a tendency to adopt uh, smaller aspects of our changed behaviors. So I think that the major aspects like, you know, total social distancing and that sort of thing are not going to be adopted. But I do think that individuals, uh, especially younger individuals who have been living alone, are much more likely to consider cohabitation in the future.
0: And is that like and a love relationship or is that like a roommate?
1: I think a, a love relationship is mm-hmm. probably the easier one uh, in this situation. But you know, there are a lot of people who are, you know, simply looking at this sort of thing and and thinking, well, it'd be nice to have someone else in the house. You know, whether I it's think a, that's
0: true I think that's true for elderly people too. And there are these match, you know, roommate matching services to help people who just want a companion, you know, share the kitchen, share the bathroom, share the costs, but have their own separate space. And there's things for older people too, that may, that may become more common than living all by myself,
1: you know? I think that that is certainly a possibility. And,
0: and what about nursing homes though? Are they going to see a big decline?
1: Well, nursing homes have not been as well regulated. As they should be, and I think that we may end up in a bit of a social crisis over uh, nursing homes. I mean, one of the things that has come out of this whole situation is is the desperate situation, which is uh, in a lot of these nursing homes. One of the things which I do worry about is are the therapy dog programs because yeah. you know these would go out to things like nursing homes and to universities.
0: They need the practice. They need those dogs need to socialize and practice all their skills and they can't right now. That's so that's right. going to be tricky. I'm yeah, wondering right. if people will stop traveling by plane and go for car rides instead in the future.
1: I certainly would feel spooky about getting on a plane right about now. I mean
0: Planes and uh, cruises, are they are they going to be hit I, I can't see people jumping to go for a cruise next year, or ju- or I can't see travel coming back. Like, okay, so this is my question. How long does it take for us humans to recover from something like this?
1: Okay. The expectation is that if, our, if my colleagues in the biological sciences can come up with that vaccine, then we should have that vaccine within you know, with a fair following wind, maybe early next year. And if that's the case, then my guess is that in uh, 2022, which is the year following that, things should be pretty much back to normal. Now, that's my Pollyannish prediction. But people have a tendency, you know, behavior follows the terrain. And if this is the way the water has always flown, then, you know, when the rain comes, that's the way the water is going to flow again. And I think that that's likely to be what happens in this case, that we will start to very slowly and very gradually go back to normal. But, of course, if China keeps up its wet markets, which are responsible for, you know, SARS and the Hong Kong flu and And now, you know, COVID-19 and that sort of thing. I mean, we know that they started in those wet markets. And if they keep that up, then, you know, we'll be looking at COVID-22 or something like that. In which case, we will be stuck back to where we are right now.
0: Yeah, I find it so puzzling that that China wouldn't immediately crack down on those markets and make them illegal. If if they, I mean, the Communist Party doesn't like embarrassment. They don't like they don't like. Why are they not stopping that? Why is that not one of the significant changes forevermore? No more wet markets. Like well, why not?
1: That same question was asked during SARS. I mean, you know, it was.
0: Well, maybe I, it takes international pressure and boycotting. I don't know. I mean, when this all began. Greta was doing her her world tour about the environment. First Nations had closed a bunch of railways over pipelines. In Quebec, they were still upset over people wearing masks, which is sort of funny now, wearing religious headgear and and face coverings because now we're all wearing masks. All those things just completely fell to the side. The meantime, though, we've noticed that the planet is doing better now that we're not using so much Now that we're just not working so much and polluting so much, is that potentially something that's gonna, gonna change for the better? maybe I mean I'm, I'm hopeful the wet markets will be closed down forever people will be kinder to animals the world throughout because they'll realize that that kind of treatment of animals causes diseases and from a selfish perspective we don't want that I'm hoping that people will be kinder to the homeless and there'll be more facilities for them so they won't contribute to the pandemics again because we're selfish creatures maybe our self interest will motivate us to do the right thing finally and maybe people will be kinder to each other is that not gonna happen (laughs) tell me it's gonna happen I want the world to be better after this look
1: I believe in Lassie too I mean (laughs) Uh, Lassie uh,
0: was more than one dog and Lassie was a boy so Lassie's a bit of a uh, a con job I guess
1: no I have a photograph which I'm looking at right now which is me being kissed by Lassie number eight so so
0: Lassie was not a girl was she
1: I don't care I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll adopt gender neutrality when a when a dog that beautiful chooses to lick my face. But anyway, the thing is, you want to know what really upset me is uh, last night I was watching the news and they had images of of one of these wet markets and they're still selling bats.
0: Oh my for god.
1: And they're, you know, these bats are cooked in some way or another. Well, we know that bats are one of the vectors for this disease over there. And there they are. I mean, you know, out in this open market, people all crowded together and they're selling dead Bats, I mean, you know, well, the
0: crowdedness and the live animals with dead animals and everything together and all these different animals. It's just, you just, you just can't handle it. I don't know why it's happening and I hope it'll get cleaned up. I really do because it will benefit the Chinese people. If this isn't happening there, they'll be better. They'll be healthier. I mean, really it's time. Mm-hmm. I hope the world wakes up to this. If anyone wants to see what's going on at Camp Good Dog, we don't have many guests because no one's traveling. But, you know, we do have chickens, goats, many, many dogs and a couple of breeding pairs. So you're going to get to see how puppies are made and how puppies are born. And because I'm also like, Dr. Corin, in my home, working on my stuff, working on my books. I am making lots of YouTube videos. My daughter's shooting them, and we are making some fantastic stuff. So, if you like animals, check me out on YouTube, Deb Wolf, Pet Expert on YouTube, and I know you'll be entertained. It's always informative. The animals are gorgeous, and uh, no, there's never any cursing or anything you have to worry about with kids. So, um, so check me out, Deb Wolf, Pet Expert on YouTube. Dr. Corin, where should they look for you?
1: I have a blog on uh, it's called Canine Corner and it's on the psychology today website and new blog virtually every week and it's the latest scientific information about dogs and dog behavior and and all of that sort of stuff and so that's the best place to look for me but you can also find my articles in uh, Modern Dog magazine and in AKC's uh, family dog
0: Perfect. Okay, everybody. If you want to see me, go to Camp Good Dog Facebook. You'll see my doodles and poodles and everyone playing here. And if you're in the lower mainland and your dog really needs an off-leash walk, you can text me or call me. Go to my Facebook site. You'll get the information because I will book you a private walk here. No problem. No problem at all. I feel bad for all these dogs who aren't getting off leash. We got a pond. We got forest, meadow, obstacle jumps, everything a dog could want. So if you want a private walk, let me know. And otherwise, until this is over, be good to your animals and be good to yourselves. Dr. Coren, have you got a last word for him?
1: Pet your dog. Talk to your dog because that'll reduce your anxieties. And, uh, you know, take a breath.
0: (laughs) You know, we didn't talk about kids. One last thing. Are parents maybe expecting too much if they're really being A-type about schooling right now? Is there something they should know about maybe not falling behind? Should there be different expectations for young kids, middle-aged, and and then the ones who are about to graduate? Or should they just take a breath and relax?
1: I think uh, the best thing, if you have your kids at home, schedule the teaching time. Do it in the morning before the kids fatigue. And do all of your homeschooling up until someplace around noon, give them lunch, and then let them burn off all of their excess energy.
0: And it might seem, I mean, I was a teacher for a lot of years teaching in the religious school system. It might seem like that's not a full day, but that actually is a full day. Because in school, they waste a lot of time. There's loads of breaks and organization and shuffling back and forth. If you put in an intense few hours, you're done, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you have to remember that kids don't have quite the, the attention span that adults do. So giving, you know, telling them, well, we're going to work from nine till noon. And then after that, you know, you get to play with the dog or get on the computer or whatever else. And uh, most kids will work uh, if they if these things are time defined.
0: And you break up those three hours, right? It's not, oh, yes. one. Yeah, okay. So there's yeah. lots of breaks and lots of variation and try different things but if your kid is is kind of steering a certain way go with it if they're interested in a certain way or they want you decided to do a hands-on project but they want to do it on the computer or you were gonna have them write something but they want to draw something just go with it just go with it right as long as you're learning together it's great and the teachers will figure it out in the fall i think indeed (laughs) Okay, everybody. That's Dr. Stan Cord, professor of psychology from UBC. And I'm Deb Wolf here at Camp Good Dogs. And be good to your animals.
1: Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.